Jack Otway. And I'm Jay Otway. And welcome back to another episode of Like Dragon, Like Sun. How are you doing today? I am very dragony today. Dragony today? I'm very sunny. Sunny? Sun, a sunny dragon. Is it a, it's not really, a, it's, it's a kind of a sunny it's an day. Overcast dragon. Overcast day. dragon. Do you know that back in first edition, there used to be a save specifically against breath weapons? Dragon breath was the save, save? that you made, yeah. I mean, they're still like that today. You could say that. There's the spell dragon breath, and that it has a save DC, and that that's technically. But there was a time thing, where, yeah, when the that red dragon breathed down on you. It was like yeah. different from like wisdom and charisma saves. It was specifically dragon breath saves, like you had a skill for dragon. Yeah, breaths. so so the, each of the saves had a different thing. Like they weren't connected to your ability score stats. Right, they were separate. So you had your own like list of like this is my dragon breath save and my. Yeah, I right. forget what they all were. There was a save versus spells. There was a save versus dragon breath. There was a, probably a save versus poison. I'd have to go look it up, but. Mm. I definitely remember there was dragon breath and spells. Now we live in fifth edition where everything is magical and and organized and sorted into six skills. Yeah, and and Wizard of the Coast is doing nothing new to change anything in the game whatsoever. No, that is a lie. They're doing so many things. They're doing a lot, actually. They're doing a lot. And There's a lot what, happening. And that's what we're here to talk to you about today. Yeah, we're all the ways that they're they're great. Mm. The game is being ruined. No, well, some may see it as being ruined. But some may see it as a as a a new opportunity, a new avenue for D and D to go down. Something very exciting, new exciting stuff happening so there's every some day. Theories that uh, so this new U, UA that's unearthed Arcana feats out is released very recently. Is the uh, time we're recording this. Ago. And we've seen we've seen quite a few new uh, class things that have sort of come out, subclasses. Mm. We've been kind of waiting for uh, variant class rules to become a part like, of D&D like Beyond. A real set of rules. We've been kind of, you know, there's a bunch of things been happening in the background. And a lot of this, we and other denizens of the interwebs theorize that this could be maybe a new, like, Xanathar's Guide or a new sort of player's handbook part two mm. or something like that that sort of does update and expand and change the rules and mechanics just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, very exciting stuff. Um, I'd love to see some new subclasses. I feel like many, many of the rules we have right now, although there are some brilliant which, subclasses. Which, subclass, them, which subclasses would you like to see more of right away? Which class is missing the most? I think uh, Sorcerer needs some new subclasses. There aren't enough unique Sorcerer subclasses in my opinion. I think Rogue has enough, personally. I'd like to see some new Ranger stuff. A lot of them feel a little bit samey, although there are the differences. Sorcerer ones are kind of samey, too. Well, I mean, they do have very sort of different styles, but in the end you could make a very similar thing with Divine Soul and and draconic ancestry in just terms of what you can do with like the wings is the exact same feature i don't know if they get at different levels or things but yeah i i, I want to see some new stuff with that i i think i talked about this a little bit on another podcast but the psionic direction they went with the sorcerer i felt was a little bit um underwhelming just because i wanted them to do a little bit more with like the sort of mechanics of a sorcerer like sorcery points and what that could mean with the psionic die you know like could you roll it gain that many sorcery points and then your side dice down or like there's different ideas it doesn't have to be so crude as that but i just thought there there could be a lot more that they could tie into the actual features like uh an, an example though i like how they introduce spells with the good and evil and whatever things with and chaos and neutrality when you first pick up divine soul i'd like to see maybe them instead of giving spells because you can already access cleric spells as a divine soul instead maybe give people uh, an extra meta magic I don't know if that breaks things too much or if there, there'd be a better way to introduce that, but I feel like there's so much limitations on metamagic, and I have my own write-up, which I let my players play with when it comes to metamagic and try and take some of the shackles I feel are put on that uh, away. Um, but, yeah, I think my opinion is that Sorcerer needs a whole buckload of new subclasses to, to play with. I've written many Sorcerer subclasses. Uh, I think, I mean, for me... 
uh, Druid's one where... Mm, yeah, I, honestly, I agree with you. Some yeah. of the more recent ones are going in the right direction. I like to see a lot more where wild form... Isn't such is, a priority. Isn't yeah. just like the one thing that Druids are all, all do seem to, is being a shape changer. Whereas that wild form could be used for other things mm -hmm. instead. Much which... like the Circle of Spores or the new recent UA Circle of Wildfire, which exactly. they sort of tried to introduce things like that, which I love. I love that idea. Yeah, and hopefully those ones will show up in this new book, which is expected in November. Is it? Yeah. Does it actually, was it announced? Because I knew they did a project. I, I don't think it's announced, announced yet, thing, but, but we're... But in terms of like theories and rumors yes, and We are whatnot. contributing to the theorizing of things. So stay tuned, Speculation. Folks. You'll hear it first here when we admit that we are are absolutely right about everything that or we predicted. absolutely wrong. Yeah. Uh, the other thing a lot of people are predicting, and I'm I'm actually kind of hoping against this, is that they're going to to do away somehow with um, relying on your race for ability score buffs, right? That right now your race is really where you, mm. you know, what you pick in terms of race will largely dictate what kind of buff you get to your character. And a lot of people think, well, that kind of, I mean, that's kind of crazy. It means like every, every time you play that race, there's no diversity within that race. And I think the direction that D&D is trying to go in efforts of being a more diverse, more open-minded, more on the spectrum sort of company, or in, at least in gameplay, is to sort of, you know, open that up. Now, what I would like to see instead of like just stripping away, uh, ability scores from races because i think that's mechanically where you should get them but it wouldn't be great it would be wonderful if we could get more variant mm. races um more sub races and each of those sub races having you know ones that are a little bit more strong a little bit more dexterous a little bit more charismatic sure. a little bit more wise and then you can choose within those how to you know have a you know a, a charismatic uh, minotaur instead because i've always wanted to make a, a mastermind minotaur just it's a terrible combination mm -hmm. of things to put together i mean think of different origins you know and things like that i mean i think a, an example of that would just be writing up lore or new variants of these classes i've always liked the idea of rather than a bull minotaur a much more cow inspired minotaur and maybe a different god for that although maybe that's a whole sure. different idea altogether, well, i've got a whole but... idea for for more of like a deer based uh, centaur as well who's mm -hmm. a, a, a like a thief who's really good at climbing <laughs> That's fun. But well, I also like the idea you see, like, like a mountain goats warlock. And, and deer and things that go up the sides of things yeah. quite easily. I, we always think of a horse, which isn't obviously a very good climber, but there are four-legged things that climb very well. Although I do also want to state that we, have, as is with many times in the past, have made character builds that don't rely on the, the specific stats that people think they need. No. And so whenever someone asks me, I'm playing a, a cleric, what should I take? I'd say, well... If you want to be good at, I, I tell them each of the it stats and what it means to them. Matter. You know, like if you want to be better at grappling and better with strength weapons, then pick strength. If you want to be have a higher AC potentially, higher initiative bonus, um, pick dexterity. It, it, it you know, might like, mean that you've got a couple more dumps, couple of dump exactly. stats rather than one. It, 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 that's the only thing. You're right. Even the way it stands now. You can play, if you want to play a super strong halfling, you can play a super strong halfling. Yeah, absolutely. There's nothing to stop you from doing Although, that. Although, I'd say the one thing they should they should definitely change uh, in terms of ability score increases with races is the kobold. I don't think any race should get a negative modifier to any that, that scale. That right? It's, plus the something like sensitivity, like kobolds get the And the, and the whole groveling the thing, like Ugh. they really... Most pathetic. Poor, poor kobolds. Poor kobolds, man. Can we not like have somebody give a little bit more, a variant kobold A little kobold bit more love to them, you know? like a little less like pathetic. pathetic, yeah. yeah. I don't mind sunlight sensitivity, but a negative modifier. I think it's the only race in the game to have a, a negative like ability modifier. I've often, I don't know if I've mentioned on the podcast or not, but the idea of having a kobold sorcerer, Marxy Sorlock, who uh, has a pseudo dragon uh, familiar and then casts uh, twinned uh, enlarge slash reduce. Reduces himself and enlarges. Reduces himself. The... Yeah, makes pseudo dragon bigger, rides around the back of a pseudo dragon. I love that idea. It's a very fun. Yeehaw! Idea. Mm. Um, why? I don't know. Just because who doesn't want to fly around in the back mm. of a dragon in, in, in a campaign? And so, yeah, it's a little itty-bitty small dragon, but hey, it's a dragon. Exactly. Yeah, I just think that, for me at least, the racial things like that, I agree. I always love to see new variant race options. And I get like some people, I, I well, new players, I try to empathize with and try and restrict those variants and like boil it down to the more simple 
original versions of the race until someone really wants to go on a deep dive or has an inspiration. And I'm like, okay, well maybe they're like when they say to you, you well, I want to play an elf, and you're like, no, you want to play a winter eldrin. They're like, what, 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 what? <laughs> yeah. Which, which really is just like a supercharged like frosty elf. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, for me. Some people, like, whenever I try to deal with new players... Elves have got so many variants. Um, yeah, it's true. Many classes do. Tieflings, if you are kidding yeah, me, they all have the same symbol really on D&D Beyond. No one has any idea. Whenever a new player says, what is Glasia? What is Mammon? What is Levistus? What is Mephistopheles? What does this mean? You know? Like, well, Tieflings have different devil heritages and things, and I have to explain the whole, like, what they are and what it means and each thing, and if, the, if they are interested in Tiefling. But typically what I'll do with new players is... Um, if they have an idea for a character in mind, oh, I want to play a um, a shape shifting like guy, like edgy guy who's kind of like a werewolf, you know. But he wants, I want him to have like a holy sort of thing. But he he, he fell from heaven, and or it's like a super edgy thing like that. Well, I'm like, okay, maybe consider a a fallen ASMR druid. You know, you could go very werewolfy with that, or perhaps even if I'm feeling spicy, maybe a a blood hunter. Yeehaw. Who knows? You know, give a little tip of the hat to Matt Mercer. Woo. Mm. Um, but that's my process it, like whenever people try to come like I don't try to force people to take this is the stats you want sure. this is whatever like pick this race because it helps your stats and I've seen a lot of people like do well, that they'll pick, pick this, a race pick because this it race helps so that you can multi-class or well yeah or I take off multi-class requirements if people just really want to do it and it's just really hampering the game well, play but, and which brings us back to these 16 new feats that have been released mm. Uh, which are largely designed to make it easier for you to pick up one of the maybe key Classy features abilities, yeah. of, a, of another class so that you, without having to take a dip in it. So when you mm. get to fourth level, you can, in, instead or of saying... Or first level if you're very human. Yeah. Yeah. It also makes me wonder sometimes if we shouldn't have some other variant races that could pick up feats Feats earlier. as well. Yeah, it's hard um, to do that with other races, though, well, just because you have features to, with them. It's not. You just like you just like with human, like you nerf their main thing out so so say if they're fate touched and they normally have misty step or whatever you don't get misty step you get a feat instead hmm. uh and where you go hmm. i i think it works with humans just because of how i suppose like versatile they were already and people wanted something more than just like one skill and what like two skills in one language i believe and then i suppose the plus one in all ability scores is nice but the very human is they made that ability score much worse it's just one and two a plus one to two ability scores of your choice you still get the skill and the language i believe but now you also get a feat um i love playing original humans a lot of the time just as out of spite because i i've Cause made racist. so many variant humans but you just, you just want to play just play human because all the other yeah. races are just well it's because i want to give a little bit of love to humans because i feel like normal humans non-variant don't get a lot of love sometimes <laughs> so you, you're playing a straight white male is that what you're saying well, who said they have to be a straight white male? I just said they're human. <laughs> Don't play. Can't be a hand play that. You got to play something like way out there. That's like the rules now. Stop the rules. I let the backstory define the character, not their race. That's true. Mr. Mr. Well done. Mammon, Levistus, Blue, Teeth. No, I'm kidding. I, I, I've seen many cool race combos and what people can do with them and an inspiration for role play. I, I agree. We're just I think having banter here. But. I think it's uh, there is no better mm. or worse race um, out when, there for any it class. Has, yeah. I think that it has to really have to do with like you come up with an idea mm. for what you think is going to be a cool like neat character and just go build that exactly. Like, um, figure an interesting way to do mm. that. Uh, pick race that. I like picking races where I can that help me play against trope. Exactly. Um, I try to go literally me... against the grain of what makes sense. Yeah. In terms of ability scores, even many most of the time to try and create something wild and crazy. Yeah. I built many. I've built a fiend, um, like a charisma minotaur, at, like who's obviously Baphomet influenced, and that's the easiest approach to warlock. But you know, there's always like different things out there. Your minotaur doesn't have to be a barbarian or a fighter or any of those things. You could play a barbarian rogue mastermind why not uh fourth level rolls around regardless of which race <laughs> and class you've it's played it's true it's true and you now have the chance to choose a feat mm. not everybody does no. and not every character build requires them or yeah uh forget even require like it's it's often not the best way to go again maybe you're, you're just doing it because you really want flavor 
or yeah. maybe maybe you want something new often, to spice things often up. I think I use feats to fill in holes, and a lot of people do. Um, the number one feat chosen on D and D Beyond is Warcaster. Mm. Surprise, surprise, because it really helps you keep that concentration up in a fight, amongst other things. Um, it it's one that many wizards, regardless of or many many spellcasters, regardless of class or race in this, choose as at fourth level. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. What do you think the second one is right now? Second Sentinel? Polar Master? Tough. Tough. Yeah, that's an easy one. I used to choose that a lot back in the day. That and mo- mobile, just because I love to make fast characters. Yeah, I think but... mobile's fun as well, but it's it's not even in the top ten. Oh. Um so currently it's Warcaster, tough, sharpshooter, observant, lucky. Alert. Oh, lucky. Lucky is that a great one. Uh, great weapon master, sentinel, dual wielder, and then firearm specialist, and then mobile after that. Mm. Um, yeah, this is the people who've paid for most of it because if you haven't paid for it, you're probably only seeing grappler and firearm specialist, and that's it. And many of my friends, when they're like, "Oh, well, should I pick a feed?" And I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah." There's a lot of feeds to choose from, and they'll click on the feed and just see those two. Or they'll see like Snurf Neblin magic. Like for a while, there was a glitch where they, you'd always see Snurf Neblin magic, regardless of you were a Snurf Nebly or not. But uh, they fixed that, I believe. But yeah, people are like, "What is Snurf Neblin?" And I'm like, "Well, are you a deep gnome?" And they're like, "No, I'm not sure about showing up then." But so we've got 16 new ones. We have 16 new ones. We, well, but we don't really have them yet. They're play no, test. Play test. And there's there we're not a big fan. Of there I'm not are a big fan. Other there. I mean, these ones may may or may not. Are they in? D&D Beyond yet? I actually haven't even looked. I haven't checked. It takes a couple days before um, things like that come up here. There but. are other... UA has released... Like, through feats, Through yeah. Unearthed Arcana. They have tested other feats, which have come Like some gone. of the telekinesis, like um, some well, sonic stuff I've got and one from like way that. back, which I've homebrewed and kept in our little homebrew library yeah. in D&D Beyond because I love it so much. Um, they did a set quite a while back where basically gave, giving a feat for each ability. So you could... If you were making somebody who was very strength based, you could kind of add that feed in. It would kind of double down on not only giving them the strength boost, but also giving them an athletics boost and I don't know something else maybe. Um, and uh, that one was called Brawny, and there was one for each. But I've I've kept Brawny because I I often like the idea again if we're building a like a strength based, especially a grappler or something like that to to be able to create somebody who has that extra bump to their athletics and expertise in athletics is hugely fun mm. uh, and i know yeah you could get there other ways like prodigy and stuff but yeah um but anyways let's have a look let's at... have a look now preface this a lot of people do like these new feats and i have to give them credit for introducing new ways to get uh, certain abilities in and there are some of these which i do truly like the look of a lot um i have to play some of these before i can fully give my opinions but a lot of these, I'm not a big fan of. I don't. I can just look at them and tell you they're, they're just rubbish. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm willing to give them a try, but I'm yeah, not I'm willing, so I'm willing to I'm give them so my survey results. I'm not very happy about these. Honest feedback. But, and you at home should do the same as well if you read these. If you and, like the look of these and you think these could help you make the character you've always dreamed of making, that's brilliant. But we How could they not? They're so like overpowered. Very much. They are quite powerful. Uh, we will They're get to that. They're way too overpowered. And I suppose then, let's just get straight to it. The first one, Artificer Initiate. Yep. This is sort of along the lines of the Magic Initiate sort of tree, but it's... But it's, a, it's broken because none of the other half casters or quarter casters yeah, get Initiate. There's so. not a Ranger Initiate. There's not a Paladin Initiate. It's why we... A Paladin Initiate? You may not even imagine the name of that. that it just sounds borked. Well, like, it's, it's typically called Magic Initiate Paladin, you know. Right. But, but that idea would still be like, like they're not... They're not a caster. You don't get like mm. you're not. They're only they're only touched by it themselves. And same with Artificer. And yeah, it's Artificer. It's weird that this one is oddly much more powerful than the rest of the Magic Initiate yeah, ones. You can actually it's, make a better Artificer with this than you can with Artificer. <laughs> I don't know about that. You get one less cantrip than the Artificer gets until like tenth level, I believe. Um, and one first level spell of your choice. This is obviously worse than the spell casting that the Artificer gets. Um, intelligence is your spell casting for these. Uh, intelligence typically is quite dumped, and so if you want to go for something like that, you might as well. Um, you can cast this feat, first level spell, uh, without a spell slot. Um, 
So can you cast it twice is my question or? What would be your choice of first level spells that you would cast without a spell slot? Um, I think they do get fairy fire. Uh, and that's always a great spell if you want to set up like party combos or give people advantage. Um, so your rogues can now just sneak attack as much as they want. And the enemies can no longer become invisible if that was a possible thing. A good example is an Oni where they can just become invisible, I think. I think it will or maybe it's a spell casting thing. But regardless, now they can't come invisible it's just a very very powerful spell to turn the tide in your favor just give lots of advantage to all your party and i just don't see how that's like has anything to do with what artificers are really about well it's just an invention you have this unique gadget that you have with you like pick so, one gadget right, so and you're one basically saying gadget, i can you know like so this is so this feat basically gives me a gadget rather than some well, sort that's of all ability. spells you can imagine as some sure. sort of okay. trinket or gadget well, let's call, or invention. Let's, you know? let's say that that's the rules with this is that you have the ability to create this thing that casts a first level spell without a slot. Which, I mean, in my mind, like that's, that's like you make a gun that casts magic missile, right? Mm. I believe that is also different from how the rest of the magic initiatives work where you can just cast it once per long rest and then you're done with that one, I believe is how the rest of the magic initiatives work. So this is a, a new way to do it. You can literally now use your spell slots. And every time you level spell. up, you can change the spell yeah, for something else. You can. It's crazy. Which is also, I believe, different from the rest of the magic initiatives. Well, and different from almost like, and I know this is in variant, these are variant class rules as well now that when you up levels in certain classes, you can swap out things like your, um, like warlock uh, invocations and things like that can change. And so they're trying to do the same with this and metamagics can change where and now they're sort of like, hey, and you can change yours as well. But I sort of feel with feats, it's like, again, you're you're cooking in something. About your character. About you your know, character. It's, it's a feature. It's a part of know? their, their the fabric of their being. It's so the ability that it, to keep swapping it in and out and changing it does seem a bit. I could see it like a person who's like new gadget of the week that they pick up and then lose the other Maybe. one or trade it in or like I could like imagine like a sort of like a Bond thing where like a guy comes with like a briefcase and he opens it and like this is the gadget you have Bond or things from like Q, that from, from Q from Q or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one's also more powerful where it also gives you an artisan tool proficiency. It gives you. A tool proficiency. I'm limited where it's not vehicles or gaming sets or whatever, but still. And you can use it as a spellcasting focus, which is crazy to me. You know, not just for artificer spells, but any spell that uses intelligence, which to me just feels this outclasses the rest of the magic initiates. It's a half caster thing. What I'd like to see instead, although maybe this crosses a line, but they have things similar with some of the other feats here, is getting able to get maybe an artificer infusion. You know, pick one artificer infusion from the infusion list and you can make it boom yeah and that's why you can still get that artificer feel and that gadget you've made without needing to sort of tread where they've set the line in terms of magic initiate and i've actually i one time i downloaded uh not download but like added to our library an artificer initiate until i sort of thought about it and realized hey this is a half caster thing i don't know why i added this you know why like and then I considered, should there be a ranger thing? And should there be a paladin thing? And that could be something introduced, introduced down the line. But I think this is not the right way to go implementing this sort of feature. Nope. Um, that's our just that my thoughts on the Artificer Initiate. Moving on to Chef. I've always loved the idea of a chef. Yeah, I, who everybody needs a chef. And actually bringing more food play mm, into absolutely. a campaign can be, I so think, hugely fun. exciting for, for players. There's a lot of players who really dig that. Mm. Um, aspect of it. There's plenty of rules for foraging. There's plenty of rules for coming up with stuff. I've tried to but, make a chef with every single glass one, in the game. This one craps all over healer feet every which yeah. direction. And and it just it's just it's insulting how how much HP they've dealt given out. And how like much you can just do it, you know, in, in this comparison is crazy with the crazy overpowered. Yeah. This needs to have the life nerfed out of it. Yeah, I, I feel you can't a just way. cook. I mean, the way that it's written now, it basically says that as part of a short rest, you can prepare enough food uh, for a number of que- creatures of four plus your proficiency bonus. So let's say it's six or seven. So at a minimum, this is six. So let's say it's your whole whole party, unless you're playing with a really big table. At fourth level, this is six, and at fifth level, this is seven. So probably your whole party by fifth level. Um, and everybody who eats your food, this is crazy, right? So anybody's burning a hit dice right now gains an extra 1d8 hit points. 
Everyone. Your Everybody. entire party gets a free extra 1d8 as a part of that short rest. Six six characters, each picking up on average five hit points. That's 30 hit points of healing for free. Healing potions for somebody who's the herbalism kit, uh, that's 25 GP and eight hours of work to mm-hmm. cook up 2d4 plus two which is slightly better than this i will admit but for one person that's like it's true for that one averages person. out to like seven hp for 25 gold uh worth of product like of of mm. now of course you can forge and not per spend person that. slightly better on this, average this though. yeah but this is like for free exactly it's true for free for, you yeah, don't have to, to spend any gold seven and healing you don't have potions, to spend exactly. eight hours working it up it's so literally a part of the short rest potions and herbalism needs to be yeah completely redone so that it's way faster or this needs to really be nerfed down mm. i'm thinking i'm thinking 1d4 or i think maybe draw uh something like some of the the stuff from xanathar's because this is very equivalent to what exists already in the xanathar's guide as a part of expanding what you can do with certain tools sure and speaking of that not only does it let you do that but it also increases your constitution or wisdom by one and yeah, you get a proficiency, again, proficiency with the tool set. Why isn't just? I mean, I mean, go me wrong. I love the healer feat. It's not well chosen. It's something that's rarely chosen. I have a character that uses it in a game, and it annoys the hell out of the DM because I can heal like crazy at lower levels. It is such a savior to a party um, because your your clerics and druids just cannot keep up with uh, the healing where. I can have a you spend one one dose of a healing kit, which are cheap. I think they're ten GP each, mm. um, and so it's basically one GP per heal, and I can give you one D six plus your level. So you know those characters are level four now, so they're on average picking up, you know between six and eight uh, hit points every time I. So basically erasing one of the uh, one hit that they've had. Uh, maybe in the last fight, one of the smaller hits or something, mm. um, or patching them, pulling them back from death, uh, not just stabilizing, but back to one HP so they can get on their feet and move. Yeah, that's you know that's the healer feat and the the cook one. Okay, so cook one's less less useful in battle than the healer one is, but in but, terms of short rest, what they can do. But to that's fix not people, all that the chef can do. There's more that the chef can do mm. in and around combat you can now prepare a number of treats equal to your proficiency bonus which may oh, just yes, be treats. two or three i like the treats like so you can like have cupcakes yeah these special treats or rations or jerky or whatever that you've made that you give to them or like a snack bar last eight hours after being made the creature can use <laughs> a bonus you, 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 sna- you say snack bar i don't know something like that you know you said you like cooked up like little uh protein bars or something sure. oh i when it says treats i'm thinking like you bake cookies like a cookie I don't, I don't know, know like, how helpful how are, that is. How are you is. baking things like in a dun- like you're not in a dungeon space somewhere? You're like, mm. I'm just gonna whip it's up part a, of the little, utensils. a little oven. <laughs> yeah, sure. I should, okay. Out of like some, just out of some of this, like you know, that's uh, part of the cook's utensils. You know, I'm, I'm gonna use part of this chest over here that we found, and I'm gonna like line it with some like lava stone or something. Like, I don't. How are you doing? Like, or maybe like little rice balls or things like that. You know, a little like sandwiches or something. Jelly donuts. <laughs> Jelly donuts. Yeah, deep frying things. I mean, chef's utensils yeah. apparently also include, uh, yeah, like cauldrons of oil. I don't know. Yeah. And they can use their bonus action to eat it. So this is during combat to bonus gain temporary to, hit points yeah. equal to efficiency bonus. So it's not quite healing, but it is a bonus action. They can apply it themselves. There's no gold cost to this. You can do this every long rest uh, except they treats only last eight hours so they're time sensitive whereas like well, a healing potion is yeah. like in the bottle for as long as you want it's true but at the end of your next long rest you can just make more it's not like this costs you constant amount it's not like yeah. it costs you 25 gp to get one of these treats you know it's you can make at higher levels up to six of them which last you give them each to your party which gain then six temporary hit points when they eat them as a bonus action I don't mind this feature. I like this feature quite a bit. It's not very powerful, admittedly, because you make a limited amount, which I lasts think, a limited time. I mean, I almost think can for be, this... give a limited amount of sure. bonus to HP. For this feat, if that's HP, actually but... all it was, is once once per day, you could cook up a number of treats equal to your proficiency bonus. So again, we're looking at two, three, four, somewhere in there of them. 
that aren't shelf stable. They only last for the day and that you can hand them out and people can eat them as a bonus action to gain a little temporary hit point lift before mm. going into a fight or something. You know, handing out little morale cookies. That sounds fun. Or and, as you're around a short rest. And they're only picking up then temporary hit points of a couple points. And I don't, I don't know. Would I take this then as a feat? If this was a feat, would I take it for any other reason besides the fact that I was trying to make a really good cook um, for the party? Yeah. I don't know. I, I the do. it's written now, mm. I would. I'd take it for sure because, I mean, hey, I've just become the, the party's doing, yeah. number one healer. My yeah. food is literally magic. Yeah. Better magic, better healing magic in my food than than any healer kit's going to give you. Yeah, it's true. Very true. Or, I don't know. I feel like, but the way they write it in the healer's feed, just to compare, um, though this is on the fly, and you can apply this, I think, at any point, um, a creature gains 1d6 plus 4 hit points, which is better than 1d8 hit points. But still, that's to one person, and that requires one of your uses out of 10, I believe. And so you can do that 10 times, and that's your entire thing. And you said it costs about 1 GP per yeah, I think use, it, right? So I'm, it's 10 GP to buy it. I mean, maybe it's just the my DM selling them for 10. Actually, I've been, been lucky enough to... Uh, we did actually go... We did actually raid a place that um, managed to, to score a few, but... Uh, yeah, so I'm well stocked on healer kits. And I, I recommend that every party, whether you have somebody with a healer feed or not, here's a pro tip. Everybody in your party, buy a healer kit. Mm. It basically means that if one of your party members goes down in a fight, you can run over and with an action, automatically stabilize them. Mm -hmm. You don't have to roll medicine check, just walk over and apply pressure. Done. They no longer are making death saves, which is great. That's a good thing. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's weaker than the spare the dying cantrip, which you could pick up the magic initiate feat and just get the sparing dying spare the dying. No, cantrip, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm saying. I'm just saying. Buy a healer's kit. Yeah, you don't need any feats or anything true, to use very it. True. Just ten GP, and you can stabilize any of your party members who are who are you have gone down in a fight. Uh, the last thing you want to do is see each other sitting there having to make death saves. Like, don't stand there and watch. Even if you don't have a healer's kit, run over and make a medicine check. See if you get lucky. You can't hurt them more. You're not gonna create. You're not gonna have them cause them to fail another death save. At best, you stabilize them, and then they don't have to make those saves anymore. Yeah, yeah. they're still vulnerable to being hit and attacked, so you need to stand guard over them. But uh, but at least they're not dying, and they'll wake up in one d four hours. So um, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I think the the problem with this is that it gives you way too much with just one feat that outclasses any other sort of healing ability. This is like as many hit points as cure wounds would. This is essentially a mass cure wounds every short rest, no gold cost required for your entire party, essentially, during the short rest. And on top of that, you get a, a, a plus thing to your scores, plus you get like a tool set. And you get the ability to create snacks to give to your party. There's just so, so much to it. So those that it you needs out to be consolidated in Radio Land listening to this, you're gonna hear this theme come up again and again. Every one of the feats that we've looked at in here We feel are we too feel powerful. they're overpowered. Um and I or I misguided I or poorly written. I don't know or, why they're doing yeah. that. Watsy with all their experience now, what is it that's causing them to go so over the top with stuff? What what is it do you think that's driving that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the inspiration behind this Who's was. Who's writing but. them and is there no check and bounces? Somebody like Jeremy Crawford not reading these before they go out and going, hey, guys. There's just a lot to this. Seriously. I think, but this is the point of it like being so playtest. Are they so busy with other things that this they're is not? Just, no, I think the point of this is that they release this as playtest, you know, so that it can be double checked and things like this and we can make them less powerful, you know. Maybe they are trying to add more well, power. You look at the other the feats, game, but, none of them are this powerful. None of the them are. The chef is a crazy powerful right, one. The next one I hate the name of straight up. I just want to like get rid of it because I just, it's called Crusher. Crusher. I'm okay Crusher with it. I have nothing. Crusher feet's terrible. It's it's it's, well, it's part of name. it's part of a package of three feats in here, piercer, slasher, and what should be bludgeoner, but I guess bludgeoner didn't sound very good, so they called it crusher. I'm like, ugh. Well, then you should have like given piercer and slasher a slightly different name. Crusher's terrible, mm. and especially the little right of the top of it. I mean, it sounds like it was written by, like, I don't know. 
I don't somebody know. Yeah. who's who's just been playing way too many video games <laughs> you are practiced in the art of crushing your enemies and i kept as i'm reading this literally thinking what do they mean like with your hands like crushing their skull but they meant in the figurative like bro term oh you crushed it dude um that sort of crushing your enemies uh, doing really well against your enemies, destroying your enemies. But then, but it's, but really, then you read through it, and that's not what it's about at all. What you're really practiced at is hitting them with a club or something blunt, and doing some sort of knockback damage. Yeah, or some extra. If you get a really big hit, then that's a devastating hit. You know, sure. but but I, and again, I think it's a little bit mud, muddled in here. But but yeah, we like the idea of knockback. Like Minecraft has had knockback damage in it for like ever like a long time mm. like the idea of you hit or the something, idea of thing yeah it moves back you hit when you something hit it. and it moves back when you hit it in D, hitting something and pushing it back of two separate things but to make a feat that allows a bludgeon or somebody with oh the idea of taking like a really like a big maul mm. and being able to like because some of those weapons like mauls look so cool but you're like it doesn't really do much yeah um well i say that it's it's a cup is it it's a 2d 10 or something isn't it no way oh my god a a 2d 10 2d 6 2d 6 what am i thinking 2d 10 2d 10 would be awesome it'd be even better mall it's like an anti-matter rifle or something (laughs) 2d 6 i mean 2d 6 2d 6 it's a a double dice one anyways yeah it's one of the double dice ones it's a double dice one 2d 6 uh malls are cool and a mall that also could knock back somebody if you hit them i think five feet instead of making this a feat what i would do is make this either a fighting style or a weapon property much like yeah. say well, heavy or light exactly. or loading exactly. or whatever knock are back. exactly knock back on a mall it's the knockback property you know when you uh once per turn when you hit a creature with an attack that deals bludgeoning or with this weapon let's say you can move it five feet to an unoccupied space provided the target is no more than one size larger than you i find i don't see a problem with that you know just that being a weapon property that the mall or other big heavy weapons that you swing and deal big blows you know could move creatures provided they aren't very large just move them with the, the sheer strength of their swings you know yeah i don't I like, see that i, I like don't see that, that as an issue. a lot mm-hmm. um yeah and we have similar interesting ideas interesting it well, is but. definitely it's definitely a knock back though it doesn't give you an option to knock down yeah so it's just knock back i'm okay with that um that's I not am a big too. Deal to me. And actually, it can work against you too, because if you knock back something five feet, it can then it can then run then away, run away with no opportunity attacks. Exactly, but so it could. You could also knock it back and then run away. Or you can knock it back or from knock it your, away from your friends, from your party, yeah. exactly, and so that the people next to you can make their expeditious retreat. or knock it into a pit or knock it off a cliff or yeah. whatever. It's you a, know? it's quite a strategic thing to be able to do to have to be able to d- deliver knockback. Mm. And obviously, I guess they were thinking the same thing: is knocking something, moving something five feet. And this is particularly for those of us who are playing very tactical games using battle maps. It makes a lot of sense, but theater of the mind knocking something back five feet, nah, maybe even It'll less just important. Run back up to you, you know. It's... I guess. Um, you know, when you score critical, the other part of this is when you score a critical hit that deals bludgeoning damage to a creature. Attack rolls against that creature are made with advantage until the end of your next turn. So this is like you hit it hard, and it's it's like <laughs> stunned yeah. almost. Like, but not really. But like it's it's dizzied. It's. I think this could easily staggered. that could easily become a fighting style. Or, you know, yeah, I mean, is like stagger, you know, or even yeah, it's it's almost like, like it's almost like a new mm. mini condition. Exactly, I could see that being a thing. Like, but why not even say that? Much, you like, know? if you score a critical hit, then the creature is incapacitated. Incapacitated is a very different thing. This is meant to like have it so it's like staggered and that it's sort of more vulnerable to other your players attacks rather than being so stunned to a point where it, it can't stunned take actions bad. or reactions stunned is like can't do or move or things like Incapacitated, that Incapacitated, you can in still general, move yeah. where this one it's you can it can move and attack it's just everybody gets advantage on it yeah which it's is not gonna, very which powerful it's gonna be it's, super it's okay. exciting for your your rogue who's hiding in the bushes yeah just gonna be shooting loads and loads of sneak attack arrows into this thing wow. typically loads how i yeah. assuming you hit every it's turn and giving advantage is always a good thing because it's not something that comes up well it does come up quite often but still it's it, always it nice can get canceled like out that. especially for someone who has 
sure something like or especially now they take the dodge act and they have to take the dodge action to make sure they don't have advantage on attack rolls against them or things yeah, like that you can, you can cancel out advantage and so. i think now having the, the your big barbarian or cleric with that big maul now has an option to give your players advantage like your friends advantage and i like that side of this a lot i just think the name is a little bit clumsy and that some of this especially like in the in the thing overall i just don't think is right in feet just me personally um Plus, with this, it's it's increased to stats. This is also gives you quite a bit. I feel. Yeah, these ones, I don't know. Like a lot of these feats, like I said, are trying to give you an ability from another class. These ones are just trying to, I don't know. They're kind of mixed in there as sort of extra ways to do something neat with those damage types. Absolutely. Which is fine. I I'm okay with the idea of adding some of that. It's sort of like it counteracts a little bit the idea of the medium and heavy armor master absolutely why this is there, there is no light armor master is there i don't believe so no but it'd be cool if there was well there's another question does there need to be would i actually take that like you know, know. It depends what, who what would take do. that and exactly then what exactly does it do but anyways before we ramble on about what that possibly could be <laughs> i think i want to turn my attention to one of these i actually quite like a lot the eldritch adept yeah which i'm so a, a little fan of Exactly. Different than, than taking, getting spells from mm. the warlocks. You are instead... Picking up an invocation. You're picking you know, up picking some Picking up one of the class features that you need typically little, to yeah. have a multi-class dip to get. Which are pretty cool things to be able to I'd love up. to do that. Yeah, I'd love to see this for many of the classes, uh, especially the idea of metamagic. And I know they have this here, but I'm not a big oh, fan of the way they do metamagic. But I like with, how they did this. With um, being able to choose uh, some of the battle masters. Marshal, yeah, exactly. The idea of the martial adept, you know. They've already had this in the game yeah. where you can pick up something that's typically yeah. a subclass feature you could pick a, you could you'd have the multi-class but now you can fighter. just get that exactly yeah. and we actually use that when making our bugbear cavalier to get that extra lunging attack that 20 foot reach yeah if you've not which is like to a thrown weapon practically build uh our what, what weapon was they using for that? i believe it was like a halberd yeah we're using like a, a polearm type thing yeah. of some sort with yeah which resulted in 20 foot of reach mm. which if you look at a battle map that's a huge circle that's it's like a i believe that's like the same as like a fireball radius yeah probably is i think fireball's it's yeah, 20 foot radius yeah, it's probably 15 or 20 yeah yeah sure. that's you can hit anything in that fireball circle yeah, well, Fireball is an area of attack. Everybody in it hurts, whereas you're only hitting one at a time. Well, but. sure. Now everybody there, once you're a hard enough level cavalier, anyone who moves or attacks or does anything in there is going to get hurt and stop moving. But yeah, you can, really, you can really assist your friends with staying, while stay, yeah. staying out of the fight if you've got a 20-foot reach. It's true, but we're talking about Eldritch Adept, not right, Martial Adept. Sorry, going back to being able to pick up an invocation. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have, I have, I no love argu- that. I have no arguments about any of that. I think this one's fine. Uh, basically says whenever you gain a level that you can replace the invocation. I don't know about that either. That's I think the only you should bit stick of it that one. I'm a little bit. Like the reason that I think they did this is because there are some that require a prerequisite to you like to have a certain level. Yeah. And rather than having to wait to pick it up at a later date, I'd say you can just pick it up now, get a nice invocation, and then talk to your DM about saying, I want this one, but I can't get it yet. So for now I'll have this. And then when I reach, what I know, like seventh level, ninth level, I'll pick up this one. For example, there's one, like, uh, you can cast Alter Self at will, uh, I think Master of Myriad Forms, which is available way, way down the line, right? But say you want to have that, but you're not high enough level, you can now pick up Mask of Many Faces, which is kind of like that, but a weaker version, until you hit that higher level, and then you can swap it out. So I can see places where it makes sense yeah, I think for this feature it, specifically, it, but other things I don't nice, think it's As a nice good. DM, I'd... I'd I'd go for it. I'd let it happen. Mm. But part of me also sort of feels like the thing about all the other feats is that they really, they really kind of say like, look, you're going to invest in this and it's just going to be a part of you. And the, and you're going to accept yeah. that this is what you're going to get for the rest of the game. Like you don't get to keep changing it where this one keeps feeling like, Oh, you just get something new every four levels. Have fun. Or every, level if you choose to change it you know but i could see places i i could see why it's there but i talked to my players about maybe not yeah, choosing to change it all the time you're changing it oh my god um what if every time a, a what every time every time that you got in a new asi you could change it mm. you, you know you don't have to add you can still use the as other eight like say if you pick this up at fourth you could change your invocation at eight you could change your invocation at 12, 12 or and then there's an advantage to being a fighter because yeah, now you can change it, it six, against you six. swap it out again okay um i think it's just a discussion like, with your player to something have, like that know, would seem to me like a this. little bit more or discussion with your dm like you have to mm. sometimes you have to stick with crap in your character for a while yeah 
learn to learn to love it. But why? Why do we have to stick with the crap? Why can't I just play the character I want to play? You can. You absolutely can. <laughs> but build build it the way you want sure. to start with. Don't like if you've got if you've but got sometimes people regrets, don't know exactly what they want regrets, right you've away. Got to, you have to deal with them you have to people don't know what they want right away a lot you of the have time to play you know? through the crap they're trying character. to play through it and only then do they realize what they really wanted and it's too late to make those choices so now i have to talk with the dm and i think it's all about communication as is with most things in dd when it comes to character creation and changing things down the line could be a thing your dm's up for could be a thing your dm isn't up for there's been times where i'm up for it there's been times where i would definitely say no to something like that Anyways, Faye touched. It really depends how much the player's crying when they ask. <laughs> uh, if they're crying, I always just say no and kick yeah, them kick them away, you know. But yeah. uh, Faye touched. We don't like this one either. We also think this one's too powerful. Uh, I think if it's, you want things like this, like then the idea. pick up a play of elf, play You're a half elf. Expose the Feywild and one of uh, its and Feywild or one of its denizens and has left a magical mark on you. I love that idea. Mm. I like Faye touch creatures. Uh, it gives you an intelligent wisdom or charisma buff, and then misty step. And Ugh, now you've got one first level spell of your choice, which could be the thing, it, and you can change it. It could have just been you learn misty step, period, and I would have been like, good, cool, boost, boost up one of my stats that was at an odd number, and give me and, a misty step, and picked up misty step along which the way, which is already equivalent to pretty a awesome. epic boon. I'm pretty sure, pretty, but pretty, okay, pretty, whatever. pretty solid. Pretty solid misty, pretty solid sure. faith. Faith thing. That's a thing that Faye's have. You yeah. know, whatever. At fourth level, Give suddenly me, I'm yeah. like bamfing around and I've, you know, smoothed out one of my ability scores in the process as well. Well, you're not bamf. You get one bamf, I believe. But still, I just have it. You can use this once for short or long rest rather than you can use it once without expending a spell slot. Um, but yeah. I, and well, I'd say your spellcasting ability, I find that fine that it's the ability increased by this feat. I don't mind that at all. I think just cut out the other spell. Like, without that, this this would be a perfect feat, I think. Yeah. Simple as that. Keep it simple. Fighting initiate. I like this one a lot as well, where it just gives you a fighting style of your choice from the fighter class. Um, if you already have a style, uh, you choose one which is different so you can't double up on archery and get maybe a plus four, which would be crazy. But I love this. I think this is great. I think there aren't enough fighting styles to make this worth it, but I think if they start to introduce more fighting styles and maybe turn the bludgeoner slashing slasher and piercer stuff into that i think it become even more worth it I, or some of the stuff that was introduced in class I, I, variants like blind fighting or whatnot about, you know talking about it uh earlier um and i was mentioning how I, I play with some uh paladin who's got the protection fighting style and you you'd never seen it in play and i was like thinking saying actually i've seen it working as a combo move really quite well that like you know, giving disadvantage to attackers frustrates our DM all the time. Mm. Um, I think sometimes just being able to pick up other fighting styles and then bring especially them into the if game. you're not a paladin or ranger or sure. fighter. I think like, I think it, a monk who could pick up blind fighting is such a nice idea, and the fact that they don't get access to fighting styles is sort of what kind of ham not hampers them, but it's sort of something that they fighting, don't quite get. Blind fighting is not a fighting style. It's in the U.S. class variants. Uh, sorry, U.S. U.A. class variants. Uh, sort of new fighting styles introduced, and I think that's when this becomes an actual applicable thing because there's, I believe, only like five or six or seven that you can choose from, all of which to me are small, like plus one to AC while you're wearing armor, plus two or two attack rolls with well, ranged for me, weapons. For me, rerolling I have one a, or two. I have a rogue whatever, who's, you know, who took a level of fighter. Yeah, and but basically to get than, to get yeah, the, exactly. but also allowed me to pick up the heavy crossbow. Rather, but however, rather than doing that, now you could have just taken a feat, which yeah. could have given you that. But I would have you know? been stuck with some like weenie longbow or something, which had been really wrong for the character. They needed the heavy it's crossbow. True. Then, then talk to your DM about kicking, like putting that into the backstory and giving instead of maybe taking away one of those skills from your backstory or a tool yeah. or a language. Instead, talk to your DM and say, "Hey, I really want this heavy crossbow. That's the idea I have." And I'm willing to sacrifice this in exchange for that. And you can work that out in D&D &D yeah. Beyond for sure. But to be honest, I don't think I mind having that one level dip in fighter. It um, gave it, you second wind. It gives you second wind. And, and down you, the line, if you want an and, action surge. And as a first level, it gave me sort of uh, bonuses in other places that has been very helpful uh, in my saving throws and just that, that full 10 hit points that you get to, to start with plus mm. constitution bonus. All of that stuff actually and then going rogue from that point forward actually might might even still take a second level and just get that action surge yeah that's what i said yeah super handy moving around the the, the map especially mm -hmm. with the, the furbolg's hidden step my point is though i like this because it can give you that but i think it only really becomes worth it i would once they introduce those I, new I wouldn't ones mind taking it to try and boost another way to boost your ac a little bit sure 
absolutely. I mean, if you already have the the defense style, then it's okay. Plus, you need to be having armor, so that monk isn't going to be able to pick it up. And but that, you're right. If that blind fighting thing comes in, that's a very cool idea. I love the blind fighting blind, one. Blind fighting is one idea. of the top uh, homebrewed uh, feats mm, yeah. out there. It's right after. It's number two on D and D Beyond, right after Ventriloquist. And I think just turn that into. Like make like just like it is in the UA stuff, like making that a fighting style, and then taking some of these piercer slasher bludgeoner feats and making those into, into fighting styles instead. Yeah, is how I, would I think there's it. some but there's some there's some space to move feats to into properties. fighting styles for exactly. sure. Exactly, uh, gunner. I feel uh, we can Ugh. skip past this one. I feel just take firearm specialist or consolidate this with firearm specialist. We don't need another thing if that gives guns us in your game, firearms. Take it, you whatever. Deal with it. I'm probably not going to allow this whatsoever. Just take firearm specialist, or make a better version of firearm specialist alongside this. Uh, Meta Magic Adept. I think uh, I'm just gonna speed through some of these. Yeah. I like this idea. Speed I've round. always wanted something like this. I think uh, instead of getting sorcery points to use, uh, cut that out. You can use Meta Magic once per short or long rest, regaining it after the short or long rest. You can pick one. You can't switch it out. That's it. You can use it once. So this, like with this, I believe there's some which you can't even use. I don't believe you can use ones that cost three sorcery points. And I'm not sure if Extended is one of those at the top of my head, but I know that there are some which you can't use using this feat. So what I do instead is cut out the sorcery point they, stuff they have yep. and instead make it, you can use it once you for get, short or long you rest. You get one magic, you can use it once for long rest. For short or long rest even. I'd say short or long rest is okay. For me, I, I, I don't have an issue with that. I um, but that's how I change it. Just make it much weaker. It's still a very powerful feat in my opinion. Uh, Piercer, we can, I think again, just turn what that is and consolidate that into yeah, a fighting it, style it or into a weapon property. I'm not a big it's, fan of it. To me, it's not. It's it's. You can find it in class features as well, and this can just be, I think, just trash. It's it like a. Honor, it's or, like honestly, a weaker, weaker version of Savage Attacker for range attacks. Yeah, and only for piercing damage and things like that. It's, and, and again, I, I mean, I've played characters that do range attack damage. I don't think I'd ever burn an ASI on that. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's a weaker version of Savage Attacker because yeah. rather than rerolling all the dice the, and choosing which one, you have to take the you new now re just roll one die and you must use the new roll. So it could honestly just be worse. It could be worse if not like I mean, typically insane. rolling with advantage like that. Well, rolling with advantage lets you. Choose it could both, end up being better, but, but still, it's rerolling. The fact that you the must time, use the new roll. You only reroll it, I suppose, if you rolled like a one or a two. It's like rolling, saying you roll advantage, but rolling the same die twice. No, but it's I'm not saying the like same, you wouldn't you know, reroll if you having to use the new if you hit if you hit the median number or higher. Mm. You'd re-roll only if you were like, "Oh man, I rolled a one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use my thing." But that, eh, that doesn't happen all that often, does it? Mm. I mean, I guess it does happen enough, but enough to warrant spending an ASI on it. I think rewrite that to a point where I like that they're trying to in, like do things with the different damage types, but it doesn't need to be a feat in my opinion. Uh, then poisoner. I'm not oh, a big fan of this poisoner. one either. Back I, in the day, you had to be mm. evil to use poisons. Now, any any happy old paladin sure. can slap some on his blade. I don't see why not. Go at it. That's great. I love that. Why not make an assassin paladin or something that uses poisons they brew? And they also picked up the uh, artificer initiate feat. Sure. So now they have uh, uh, alchemist supplies they have proficiency with or poisoner's kit or whatever that they can use. You, or, just smudge this stuff all over your mace. Mm. I, I think coding order, it as a bonus action. You, I think just make it an object interaction. Like can you, you, uh, you can code it as can an object. Put it on your honestly, like, quarter staff. Sure, why not? I don't know. It's a bludgeoning weapon. You, st you sort of think poison needs to like some. No, some poisons are contact poisons for sure. Or maybe it's it's aerosol. Maybe it's just like it hits them and powder comes off the end of your. my nose. But yeah, so I always thought poison like. Uh, Attackers that have got poison weapons, Drow, for example, or something. Get to get, use it every turn, yeah, exactly. Poison you, stab you, poison, stab you, poison, stab you. Again and again and again without ever needing to take any action to re-coat the blade of their... And I was like, how do they do that? That's amazing. Um, and then, of course, if you try to do it yourself as a player, you're like, it's really awkward and you can, you know, you, you get one hit with a poison attack and that's it. And then you got to like redo... This allows you as a bonus action to like recharge your poison, baby. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't I don't mind the bonus action applying poison, especially instead of an action. It makes it much more better. I'm I'm fine with that. I don't like how they wrote the first thing when it says when you make a damage roll, you ignore resistance to poison. So every time you make a damage roll, keep in mind that you have you ignore resistance to poison. I think they should take a book out of Elemental Adapt, and instead of writing it like this, write it the same way they did that. Here, I'm just gonna pull that up quickly. 
um, you can maybe talk like about the the gold cost at the the end. Like yeah, I don't like that. One hour. <laughs> With one hour of work using your poisoner's kit. Now this is, okay, I'm always for like ways that if people have picked up these kits and trying to find ways to use them, they can they can expend 50 GP worth of material, which means that at some point they would have to gone and bought 50 GP worth of material. I would also let you make a survival slash nature check while out in the woods to forage for stuff, potentially. Um, and then you spend some time and you cook up a number of doses, potent poison, equal to your proficiency bonus. And there are actually, there's a ton of really great supplements out there on poisons and what they can do. In fact, I think even Rules is written. Uh, there's a good collection of poisons. I don't think that is the same guy. as this, though. I don't think it lets um, you build one from that list. I think this is completely separate, it ignoring is, that whole system. It, it, perhaps it is, because each of those has slightly different effects. But if you want if you want ideas of, of where you need to go to like create poisons or stuff, mm. there is ways to get have some fun with this um i think if you're gonna get a proficiency like this you should lean into it yeah uh, i, but a feat like I this. just think that um but it, anyways it, once applied the poison retains potency for one minute on your weapon that's it uh and then you have to and then that that that's you, done you're probably going to be able to use it at some point but well but it's typically mind you, you have to you slather it on at the beginning of the fight you can't be walking around with it all day it's true it, it cost you 50 gp to use you make made a bunch of them, though. I mean, two of have... them or three of them, yeah. which is not very many, but no. two or three. You apply it, which lasts for one minute. Say you apply it as a bonus action, and you deal this poison damage to a creature. It might succeed on a DC 14 constitution, which doesn't scale whatsoever, which is fine. But at lower levels, this could be helpful and could be a, a devastating amount of damage at lower levels. Yeah, well, but to at a point where then creatures become immune to the, poi immune to the poison condition, I this gets though, useless. And when they get immune to the poisoned damage, then this becomes completely but this, useless. But then but a like waste said, of 50 GP. there is other poison systems in the books which allows you to scale up from here. Exactly. The, and if you're going to go this way, the, the main... The main thing from this is gaining the bonus action to repoison your mm. weapon. After that, it's role play and up to you and the DM and the party to go and find different levels of poisoning stuff or poisons that are very specific. Like what poisons a dragon? You're going to go and find that specific thing. Maybe that's your side quest. And then after that, you yeah. go and hit the shoot the dragon with it. I just think this try to kind of oversimplifies it to a point where it takes the creativity out of crafting poisons in the system that D&D already kind of has with poisons, which is limited, but allows people to be creative with it and just mm -hmm. puts them on a certain path. And the fact yeah. that this is the well, only choice to effectively use this poison is the first time to me we've is really seen it. Not great quick set of a set of rules for quick poison i i wish yes. that this this i think this is needs this is the more McDonald's work poison i need i i wouldn't allow players to take this and i would ignore the final part and introduce my own crafting system because i don't like the way that this is yeah. done and i want to use some of the other poisons that exist and talk with a player about creating a character all about this rather than just doing this i don't mind the rest of the stuff though instead of saying when you make a damage roll you ignore resistance to poison i'd say uh attacks you make uh rather than so here elemental adept acid which you can substitute for poison as example spells you cast ignore resistance to poison damage i'd say uh attacks you make ignore resistance to acid damage rather than saying when you roll for damage you uh ignore resistance to poison damage just a, a nitpick thing but to me it felt wrong when i read that just a small thing anyways we should speed up this up we're nearly approaching right. an hour, hour all right practice expert is essentially prodigy um, but better and and not restricted by race, which for some weird reason Prodigy yeah, is. I don't know why. You can fix Prodigy by just taking the race restrictions off of it. I'd say just cut out Prodigy and just use this, honestly. This better. is much better than Prodigy. Uh, Shadow Touched, which is like Fae Touched, except you get Darkness and I think, still all yeah, the other same thing. Same cut things. out the other first level spell and just, just leave make it this Darkness. darkness. Just great. leave it a Darkness. Shield Training, which doesn't sound like a bad idea to start with. A boost to either Strength Dex or Constitution of 1. Proficiency with shields, which is great if you don't have it. And then in combat, you can don or doff your shield as a, and this is again poorly written, as the free object interaction on your turn. I think it should be written as an additional free object because okay, well, already okay, having this to is a take question, your sword yeah. out. Okay, so I have a character who has a bow and arrow and a shield and a rapier. I have to basically spend a whole turn transitioning from melee to range attack. To put away the rapier and take the shield off is my turn. That's my my f object interaction and my 
action to get the shield off. Then as the free action on my next turn, I can get the bow and arrow out and then attack and do all my stuff. But mm. this, the idea would be that she uses her first free object interaction to get Pull the, the Pull uh, out the weapon. Get the, you know, put the rapier away and take out the, I guess you can put it away and then like, take the weapon out. I don't know. Because most people do, seem to, in combat, it's okay to switch from one weapon to another, but not one weapon to another plus a shield. Mm -hmm. This would basically lets you do the weapon switch plus put the shield away. Here's the question. Does That would be great. But in, it, So this is how it's completely written. In combat, you can don or doff a shield as the free interact object interaction on your turn. Does this mean it uses your object interaction? Or does this mean that it is an additional object interaction that doesn't count in your original one. You know, it's, to, to me, that seems unclear, and that needs to be rewritten. And that would, and if if that was an additional thing, and I could do that swap out, I'd actually think about this one. This would actually be something that I'm like, yeah, that is uh, a pain in the butt so many times. There is a workaround, mind you. You can drop both your shield and your rapier as your free object interaction. Take your bow and arrow out and shoot. Hmm. But then you got to pick them back then up your, again. Your stuff's laying on the ground. Yeah. Exactly, and someone could kick it over or mold Take earth, bury it five feet underground. Yeah, all sorts of things can happen to items there. that you are not holding. Um, uh, exactly. And the, finally, well, the thing is, the shield training doesn't uh, end there. It would be great if it ended there. It could just, it should end there. I think honestly, I don't mind that you can use it as a spellcasting. So, yeah, attack on. Oh, and by the way, it could be your spellcasting focus. I don't mind that. You know what? I don't mind that. Yeah, I, I don't even know if it I'm needs okay to be written there though. I like. I've always loved the idea of like a shield mage. You know, as your abjuration. I think that's great. That's fine, but it would just make that. I think there's nothing wrong with yeah, this. Anyways, you know what? I think shield training is perfect, other than the like the unclear writing on the the third feature where it says the free object interaction. I think that needs to be clarified a little bit better. Finally, our last three feats Slasher, as we speed, speed which through is them. The bludgeoner piercer slashing the final slasher the one. Set. Same problems as the other one. Yeah, I feel like this doesn't need to be a feat. It works better as a fighting uh, style. Tandem Tactician, which is basically how to give Mastermind to everyone else. To everybody yeah. else. I think this just puts less value on the Mastermind. Allows Some people this makes says this makes the Mastermind better. I would I say take I'd help I'd, as a bonus action away. I would I would bo well. Oh, I see what you're saying. Just use it as an as a distance thing. Just make the distance a little bit farther, and you can help two allies. Yeah, I think get nice. rid of the bonus action thing, so it doesn't override on what the ma mastermind does already. So right now it gives help as a bonus action, which is basically what mastermind's coolest. I thing feel is, is absolutely crazy. I feel like that's too much um, to me. And I like the fact that this lets you add ten feet to it. As a mastermind, this would mean you could help somebody from from forty feet away, and additionally, you can help two allies mm -hmm. with one action. How I'd write this instead, if you still want that idea of being able to do stuff on your turn while maintaining that help action, what I do to change this is you can take the help when you whenever you take the help action on your turn, you can immediately like use one of the friends who you're helping. They can make an attack on that creature straight away. You know, like you're saying, "Go now, he's weak." You know, and your friend, as their reaction, makes their attack and write that in because there are features like that which exist. My, I, my character, my uh, doctor character that I play, she often. Uh, when taking the help action, we'll call out things like, you know, aim for the jugular, like trying to point out weak spots on them, mm. you know, of where to hit. Exactly. Um, and I like doing that. I like sort of depending what what the creature is that we're fighting, if it's centipedes or whatever, that she sort of calls out some anatomical sort of weak spot on them. And that way you and can still do extra stuff and feel like you're doing damage or doing a little bit more rather than just wasting your whole turn on helping. I also just like, I just think that the role play functionality of it could be fun. If you have exactly. a character who is, you know, you get to think of what is Less help damage mean. dealing, what exactly. Like, what does saying, help mean? Oh, I help. Like, like what, how are you helping? Do exactly. It. Like describe how you help. And uh, other than that, I love this. I love yeah. increasing the reach by 10 feet rather than just saying the reach becomes 10 feet, increases it. Yeah, because that really by 10 makes feet. your mastermind exactly. even extra From masterful. 40 feet away, farther than most misty steps or, you know, things <clears> like I that. I don't mind this one that bad. Uh, and additionally, you can help two allies. I love that. Honestly, I love this. This is one of my favorites of the list. I just take away help as a, action, a bonus action and instead yeah. say, when you take well, the look, help I mean, action if, on your if turn. If it stayed the way it was, even I'd be even happier because yeah. for my doctor character she, true. she would have this in a heartbeat She'd to be, me i feel like it just steps on the the place that mastermind yeah, has in the little space that it does have already but i think by doing that you're still 
but it's increasing your mastermind rather than like doubling up on something and i never like but it's not as big of an insult to the class as the next one is is the final one here tracker which just again puts as you described like, to it the all day, the value away from ranger. in the face of rangers yeah it's just it's which so, i mean are already oh a downtrodden class like you why would you even ever take ranger when you have yeah, this feature? we're gonna take tracker now very human tracker is a better ranger exactly. than ranger pick up just yeah like your wisdom play score, any other your class wisdom score goes this. up by one you learn Hunter's Mark. You can cast it once without spending a slot, uh, but only per, per long rest. Uh, you can also cast the spell using any spell slots you have. Mm. Wisdom's your spell casting ability for the spell. And then you have advantage on checks to track all creatures, not just one favored enemy somewhere, but just freaking everything, mm -hmm. which really should be the way favored enemies shouldn't. At first level, it shouldn't just say, oh, and you get this thing for your favorite enemy you just say no you just track everything yeah you have advantage everything. on you, tracking things and things have advantage on tracking yeah. you and whatnot and yeah yeah it's just to me this feels like like you pick up a fighter and take this feat and you're better than a ranger you know well the, the one, and pick up then maybe the druid or the the wizard you know magic the one, initiate and pick up the fine familiar and you've got your beast master the boom one, done the one thing that i was i'm really thinking right now would make rangers really awesome would be bonus action search Mm. no class has that yeah we've talked i've talked about this before in yeah. my write-up for it yeah. and i just think that would be such a cool idea that you could as a bonus action look for things that are hiding exactly see where they're hiding and go oh yeah I'm there they you. are taking exactly. you out pow that's so cool or even then writing an additional thing when you do it in this way and you succeed on the investigation that's, check that's assuming a creature that, no longer gains benefit from being behind that's assuming that your dm quarters cover from that you. your dm plays with tactics where mm. it has monsters try to hide from you exactly which i know a lot of dms don't most dms oh here's the battle map and i'm rushing all my monsters out into the middle of the field it's true and they're gonna make them easy for you to hit um yeah dms out there hey the monsters the monsters have got feelings too they may not fight to the death they may run away when getting hurt or i've they, done that many times or they may be sneaky buggers exactly they may try to hide and be super annoying attack and then disengage and then go hide in the shadows somewhere. especially if there's small things like goblins or kobolds they're going to be using every single advantage they can to yeah. not get killed by your players they, and they would have had to learn how to do so like mm -hmm. in order to, to be survive. effective exactly yeah. Yeah. there you go play them dirty play them dirty play them learn to really play annoying monsters. dirty and that's all of the feats we just talked about all one two three four five 16 of them. 16 we've talked about 16 different feats and, and a why bunch of other stuff and and a bunch of other stuff and we should and probably why just... we could why we should fix them how we could change them where's the coast uh we love you yeah but and and if all of you in radio land are still with us at this point thank you so much for staying with us and thanks for staying with us um, for we'll, one hour complaining about feats we'll, we'll sign off now uh this is like dragon like sun like dragon like sun my name is jack away and i'm jay i hope you guys have a great week yeah. I'll see you later. Stay feeding.